0: welcome to dig it this is the speaker i hope you're all having a beautiful friday morning i'm here with my two lovely ladies the sharp edge and cory lynn of Corey's digs how you going girls
1: hey there doing good doing good we got tons to cover in this one
0: well a lot to cover a lot of small things that we're going to try to get through how you doing Um, I'm okay. I'm not feeling 100% great, which is not good because I'm going away soon. So I hope I haven't come down with anything. Yeah,
1: you're taking some time off. That'll be nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's hope I'm not getting sick prior to that. Or if I am, I hope I get it and then I get over with quickly before okay. I
1: go. Load <laughs> up on those vitamins.
0: Yeah, I know, right? That's the plan. Um, so today we're going to talk about wins and losses on mandates around the world. i want to talk a little bit about Australia's <laughs> happenings. Uh, in my neck of the wood, vaccine passports at the beginning of a social credit score, <laughs> smart health cards, RRS face recognition, uh, masks using huge spike in children with speech delays. Uh, that, that's an interesting one. Uh, failing, biting, resume, pushing Ukraine uh, conflict. is a video uh, Edge and I did the other day, um, which is, is interesting on the fact that, you know, is it a false flag? Are we seeing this repeat itself? Which I think we are uh, Senate killing the voting bill and changes to the filibuster. So, what are we going to start with, girls? What do we rather well,
1: than? You know what? Before we start, let's just say this. So, last week we got we got crushed on on big tech. Um, we as fast as our podcast went up, YouTube took us down, and it's because we were sorry, everyone, but we were covering my recent report regarding the jabs. So. It is on BitChute, it's on Odyssey, we, it's on SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, I don't know, Edge probably has these memorized better than me. Um, we were having issues, uh, Pilled and Foxhole were having issues with tech at that time, so we weren't able to get it up on there. Um, but it's also on Gab TV. So please, it's a really important one. We also had John Paul Rice on, talked a little bit with him, and he, um, we covered his new movie that's out. So uh, please go in and find that podcast because unfortunately we can't we can't upload it to uh some of these other platforms right now i'm going to try and see if we can get back in and get it on pilled at least you know they probably have the have the kinks worked out on there the, those guys are awesome so so yeah i just wanted to mention that because that was really important and we just got crushed right out the gate it was pretty crazy
2: right you were definitely over the target with that report cory
1: <laughs> <laughs> and twitter i was So I had set up a second Twitter account. I don't even spend time in there. I just go in there really to just post my reports, you know, Uh, because there's some people on there that aren't on these other platforms. And they're like, why won't you go back on Twitter? And I said, oh, it's so vile over there. So uh, I got the whole lockdown from Twitter. They wouldn't let me back in unless I removed the post. So I removed it and I did a shortened uh, bit.ly URL and reposted it in that format. So (laughs) there you go. All right. All right.
2: Well, I figured we should start with some good news and end with some good news. So I was going to go through, just kind of whiz through where we're at in some of these countries around the world with the mandates. And so I'm going to start off with the good and we'll move on to the bad and uh, go from there. All right. So um, Czech Republic has some good news this week. There's a new prime minister in the Czech Republic, and he's announced that uh, this week that the jab mandates that were put in place by the previous administration have been scrapped, stating (laughs) that he does not want to deepen rifts in society, and that he added that we've agreed... Uh, that the vaccination against COVID nineteen won't be mandatory. So this was actually a mandate that affected senior citizens, sixty years and older, healthcare workers, and I believe also fireworker, firemen and women, and policemen. So, uh, but this was supposed to take effect in March, and now it has been <clears throat> scrapped. So nice. a win there in Czech Republic. Nice. Yes, and then moving on. Um, more good news coming out of the UK now. So Boris Johnson, who's been caught violating his own mandates recently, Boris Johnson announced that they're bringing an end to mandatory COVID passports and masks for entry into certain venues as of January 27th. So the base, face fa- base mm-hmm. mask requirement in any setting, uh, including schools is ending. And um, Johnson did note that individual businesses can still require (laughs) COVID certificates. So it's now no longer mandatory by the government, but certain businesses may be requiring them. And it's up to the the people of the UK to decide what businesses they're going to uh, be giving their money to.
1: And you know i just uh, there's so there's some interesting stuff going on in the uk right now that i'm keeping my eyes on i don't want to jump to conclusions and and speculate too much um there's been a lot of different videos and information going on and i reached out to a friend that lives over there uh to see how much of this is valid i'm sure you guys have seen some of the videos there was the one call i know you posted edge um wasn't that in the uk yes uh, where she was talking to her doctor and the doctor was saying no no don't you know don't get the jab they're going to be um putting a halt to them soon and she wouldn't really go into details about it and then there was another video of a woman who was sitting down with a police officer and going through the crimes against humanity and how the police need to go and shut down all the Uh, vaccine facilities administering places and that there had been um, a uh, criminal investigation in the works and whatnot and so there is actually it is on the the docket there Um, I don't know their terminology but so there is some there are aspects that where there is validity to this Uh, my friend over there in the UK did say that nurses and doctors are telling a lot of people do not get the jab and so I'm just keeping my eyes out to see, you know, hey, anyone from the UK who listens to this, whatever scoop you have, put it in the comments. We'd be curious to see um what's what's going on over there.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're having making some major headway on these mandates and it looks like real switches in um not just policy but just um from the scientific community as well. I mean, like in Israel for example, The vaccine advisor to the Ministry of Health, um, he's, you know, top advisor for the Ministry of Health in Israel, he just came out recently admitting that basically natural immunity is way better and that the COVID pass isn't to prevent transmission, it's to, it was meant to encourage people uh, to get the jab, and that's really just ineffective at this point. And then he went on to say that he believes there's not only not a point to maintaining the passports, but that he expects the COVID passport to be canceled there entirely soon. And Mm -hmm. also, um, there is the Israeli finance minister who's working with both parties uh, this week, uh, he he stated this, um, to cancel the green pass altogether because it's obviously not effective and it's wrecking the economy. Well, duh. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting to watch these countries, um, having, having changes in policies and thought processes.
1: Well, they can't, uh, so I think there's multiple dynamics going on at the same time here. And I'm, I'm trying to stay ahead of them on what their false flags are and what they're pulling next. But, uh, they, one thing is for certain is they're having a hard time, um, (laughs) Trying to uh, cover for all the deaths from the jabs, and they're having to walk some of this back and ex, you know expose more statistical data that's coming out, and we have uh, at least in the U.S. and I'm sure in most countries have this excess of deaths all of a sudden, and in the younger, and all these the myocarditis happening. So, you know, it's it's hard uh, getting hard for them to cover that. Um, but they're definitely still moving ahead with their agendas in other areas, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later.
2: Yeah, but definitely some good news coming out of some of these countries, and yeah. circling back to, oh
1: gosh, I used circling back. I oh. sound like Saki. Oh. Did you that? <laughs> Did you- They've taken over so many phrases. Every time you say <laughs> they something, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> but here in the U.S., and see, we when we recorded
2: last week, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, it was on the day of the OSHA uh, or uh, of the Supreme Court, you know, announcements and everything. So yeah, we didn't. Did. Right, right. So, uh, great news, obviously, coming out of the Supreme Court on the OSHA mandate uh, front, not on the CMS healthcare workers one. Right. But as far as the OSHA mandate goes, there's uh, you know more good news coming out daily, and and so on. So, some major companies are now backing off of their mandates because of the Supreme Court ruling, and Starbucks is the latest one. So, um, you know, since I want to
1: see some class actions, damn it.
2: Right? Think about all of the employees who up to that point followed their company's mandates,
1: um,
2: you know, and now now what do they say?
1: So, but Starbucks is saying other big companies should be paying attention to these other big companies that are removing their mandates. They're doing that with good reason. They don't want the liability.
2: No, exactly. So Starbucks came out, their chief operating officer says, we respect the court's ruling and will comply. And so they're no longer requiring US workers to be vaccinated. That last week, um, GE, General Electric, did the same. So they backed off of their uh, vaccine mandate following the supreme court osha ruling so great news on those companies i'm sure there are many more to come as you said um they're opening themselves up to liability if they move forward with these uh despite the supreme court ruling don't you think
1: yeah so, sorry i was closing my windows because it was getting noisy outside i had to hit me <laughs> <laughs> no worries all I
2: right. <laughs> oh, I was saying that you know I think there's going to be m- many more companies that come out and announce they backing off of their mandates well, because of they the better,
1: they right. better if they want to cover their butts. Exactly. I personally think class actions should have been filed against companies right out the gate, and I, and I know that there there have been some. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of time to try to stay on top of that end of things.
0: It's so funny how they quickly backtrack, right? Oh my god.
2: Right. Like, oh, I didn't see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) We've been screaming from the rooftops, people. Okay. So I was going to move on to the bad news. So here are some losses on mandates. And I figured this might be a good segue for you, Speaker. I'm going to just briefly mention that Dan Andrews this week came out and said that, um, you know, he stated this week that he thinks that they're getting close to changes in policy. We're now a third jab. Will be mandated. So uh,
0: and then yeah. probably a fourth and a fifth. I mean right. B- Victoria and Australia's lost its mind. And it it's it's quite clear none of this has affected anything. I mean we're still getting twenty two thousand cases a day. These lockdowns haven't worked, Maybe. these boosters haven't worked, these passports haven't worked, but the Victorian government still wants to just steamroll people into the ground. Right. So,
2: it's as if they don't care about your health yes. or, mm. or any of it. It's not about that, right? No, so no, no. give us some updates. You sent us some pictures.
0: Uh, um, this is just me commonly walking down the street. And like, so this is how <laughs> perilous it is, like in your face. Um, the big chains are, are like have people there. That will ask you to do this and will monitor you as you walk in. So like the calls and the Safeways and shit like that. So
1: describe the pictures for those who aren't watching the
0: video. Uh yes. Uh, yeah. So this is um just a bit of fear mongering. Uh these are the check-in codes where you gotta check in. It doesn't matter, it's not like they're checking anyone now. We've got twenty one thousand cases a day. It's not like they can specifically look at where or if they care anymore. But um yeah, this is still going around. You have to check in. It's proof of vaccination, uh, how you can get it on your phone, all your <laughs> vaccination passport, what is required, what you've got to show, just to get some noodles.
1: Just to get some noodles. Some freaking
2: <laughs> noodles. You have to, you know, basically hand over your
1: firstborn, right?
0: Mm-hmm. First,
1: give your QR code, then review our menu of sushi.
0: Mm -hmm. right right and these are just things that are posted everywhere Um, keep
2: your distance 1.5 meters mm
0: -hmm. keep
1: your
2: mask on be compliant don't ask questions none of this makes Uh, sense just don't Mm. ask questions right Yeah,
0: yeah so this is just your common everyday thing i mean the donut king the other day wouldn't let you sit down unless you had you were fully vaccinated and you had your proof of vaccination to get a donut
1: wow Insane. So, yeah. so, so,
2: go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, speaker. So, I know that there was a basketball player that you wanted to, you know, talk about. Um,
0: um, yeah, I, I wanted to mention this because this is actually front page of the Herald Sun in Victoria, which is interesting. Um, Andrew Bogut is <laughs> quite a famous basketball player, one of the most famous ones that have come out of Australia, anyway along with Andrew Gaze. Um, he played for Golden State. He played for the Bucks. He had a pretty successful NBA career and a, a, a very prominent voice, I guess, especially for Australian basketball. Now, he's been very critical of all this shit. He's one, one, I guess, person on a higher tier with a big following, especially a sports star. I, I mean, we had this problem with Djokovic the other day, which you all probably heard around the world, about mm-hmm. him getting deported for not being vaxxed.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Um,
0: so that was one thing the Victorian government did, but it, it, it's showing you how draconian and clamping down they did. Now, Bogart lashed out at the Victorian government, um, claiming authorities were attempting to silence him, and it really wasn't a claim. Um, so when Australia was, or when Victoria... Uh, was pushing this pandemic bill, which, of course, was an absolute disaster. Half of the state marched against it, but, of course, the powers that be passed it. Anyway, uh, given 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 Victoria government and premiers pretty much tutorial reign over whenever they want to call a pandemic, and it, it, it was terrible. We have got into this in the past. But he posted on his Twitter and criticised the state's government and the pandemic builds. Um, he said exactly... No politician in Victoria should vote uh, to give this government any permanent pandemic powers, which is 100% correct. Um, he put a link underneath, said, Vote them out, accompanied by um, a clip uh, of viewers saying, You know, vote out this government. Now, he doesn't support any political party. <laughs> He's always had a very moderate stance on anything. He doesn't like any of them. Um, and after he posted this, uh, he received a letter. Uh, from the Victorian Electoral Commission (laughs) and uh, pretty much saying um, that he needs to take this down, he will get fined. Um, I'm just trying to find the... uh, Yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah, according to the VEC, this is just a Twitter post, right, just from a predominant person. He received a formal notice that his post appeared to have failed to comply with the requirements of publication of the electoral advertisements, handbills and pamphlets or notices. Um, authorization requirement under section 83.1 of the Electoral Act. Now, this guy's not a political party. He's just a person voicing his opinion on Twitter, just more or less has a large following. Uh, the VC said the post was problematic and it was intended to likely to affect voting in an election just because he said, don't vote them or vote them out. Wow! Now, now Bogart was ordered immediately uh, to act to prevent further offending. Right. <laughs> so, the former NBA star has been highly critical of the government's handling of this pandemic bill. Um, wow. Also, shared, sharing material questioning vaccines, viruses, and restrictions uh, to many of his followers. He went on to discuss the letter and issued a blunt reply to the VCE, claiming the letter contradicted the Act, which states that social media posts are not listed in Section 83, which they are not. So, this is the government trying to scare a public citizen uh, because he has a big following, because he has a voice, um, trying to shut him down and trying to find him simply for speaking his mind out against the government.
2: Authoritarianism Mm. is simply Uh, what it is. Straight
0: authoritarianism. And he handled this really well. Uh, He got his lawyers straight on this, which pretty much laughed at it and scoffed at it, saying, you know, there is no possible way. You are not affiliated with a political party in any way. So none of this act applies to you. He says the clip does not promote any political party. uh, He believes it's fully within the act, within the law, and he's careful not to promote political (laughs) parties. been straight out with it so this is just a citizen speaking his mind against the victorian government um that has been he has been tried to be scared um facing fines and facing these things simply for speaking out and saying don't trust these politicians
2: it's great, great that he's fighting right it so he's right. going to fight this right i mean
0: Oh, of course. Uh, it, see, Bogut's in a lucky position. Uh, he's out. He's outspoken, and he's made millions of his NBA career. He doesn't need them. He's had a very, very successful NBA career. Um, he's got a podcast now, which I think is listed here. Uh, it's called the Common Sense Series podcast. So check that out. I haven't, uh, I, I haven't seen anything about it or read anything about it, but uh, Bogut seems pretty based. So it's really good to see someone like at that level, at that structure, telling the Victorian <laughs> government to go stuff themselves and pointing out and making front page news. Right, right.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, great. We need
2: more of them.
0: Um... Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we, we really do. Um, and it's like, like I said, he's in a lucky position where he can get lawyers straight onto this. And, you know, he's, he's pretty secure in that. He's not going to lose his job. I mean, he doesn't need it. He's got his best fund uh, from playing NBA. But it's good to see people like that start podcasts and talk about these sort of things. Yeah, and uh, just really calling out government as a whole to not be trusted and being critical of these things, just like we are, just on a bigger scale.
2: These days, podcasts are way more reliable on their information, Joe Rogan, than (laughs) (laughs) the mainstream media. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what he has to say on his podcast.
0: Well, you know, you, you can look at this social media thing as a whole, this podcast thing as a whole going into the future. And yes, it's helped them in a lot of ways. But, I mean, it has helped them in a lot of ways to push propaganda, especially to those that are not asking questions. You know, they're just, they're just feeding this information in and it's just going into their brain and they're regurgitating it. Or you get that other side of things where now people have a voice on a global scale and yeah, they can't control these things. No. They can't, they, they can't control it like they used to in the 90s, you know, when the only information you got was whatever you had to go down to your library to get all the newspaper Is easy? they
2: they are Golden getting Masters, yeah getting they are getting more desperate to control more desperate and it's so obvious I think that people are definitely when you see I think what was it last time I checked it was like 60 million views it's probably more than that on the Joe Rogan um, <laughs> dr. Malone um podcast it, it's uh it's, that's just like blows away not even in the same ballpark as what you know their top rated mainstream media news networks are getting uh for a show so
1: yeah they're getting crushed all they're getting
2: crushed the and so they're trying to clamp down on the narrative but it's it there's they've lost control Um, so one more, um, country I wanted to highlight before we move on and that's Austria. And this is just ridiculous what's going on there. So the Austrian parliament is voting on a universal COVID jab mandate and it's expected to pass. So this is the first and the worst of its kind in Europe. I mean, all residents, 18 plus There are some exemptions um, on pregnancy, people recovered from COVID in the last six months, medical reasons, things like that. But um, this mandate um, is going to be imposed starting in February. I mean, it is incredibly draconian talking about like the police checking up on every single one of their citizens and monitoring regularly whether these people are up to date on their COVID jabs. And if they're not, they're fined. I think the first offense is like 600 euros. Um, and then those can, you can get four of those offenses a year. And then it goes into like a status where it's like, you know, um, you face other fines. So 3,600 euros twice a year. And um, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous what's happening over there.
1: Don't do the jab. Don't pay the fines. Fly across the board.
2: I mean, what are people going to be doing if they don't have the money, though, is the question. I mean, that's what they're not even talking about. So what happens when these people don't pay? Are they going to be imprisoned? I mean, where, how far does this go um, and, and if people don't pay? Right
1: there, if you scroll back down a little, it said right there that 72% of Austrian residents are fully vaccinated. In line with the European Union wide average of just more than seventy percent, but several percentage points below regional neighbors such as Italy and France. So, so now they want that other twenty-eight percent.
2: Right. All of this over twenty-eight percent of the population. They're and willing to go this far.
1: Probably less because they're talking residents overall, and this is just for eight. Uh, what is it? What are they? Say? Eighteen plus. Oh. Yeah is it 18 though they're saying the government initially wanted to cover everyone age 14 and older
2: right they they did try to do 14 and older that didn't fly so they moved it up bumped it up to 18 and older and it's expected to pass
1: when everyone says no and doesn't do it good luck with them trying to follow through on this
2: yeah yeah and this kind of um segues into this great video that you wanted us to play Corey. Um, this lady, Ava, and I'm not even going to try to uh, <laughs> pronounce her last name. I don't um, blame you. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, she has some great information. She does talk about the um, what's going on in Austria, but then talks about how the European vaccine mandates are a beginning to the social credit system. Did you want to um, tee this up or do you want me to just go ahead and well, play no, it? I just,
1: the reason this is obviously important is because we're finally addressing the social credit system. And that's where this is all headed. That's what these mandates are all about that and several other avenues. They're trying to uh, get everyone on in order to control us through this whole new system they've been building. And it's a matter of flipping a switch. They've been for surveilling us and collecting data on us for so long. It's just incredible. And so um, the fact that she went on Tucker and, talked about this I think is is really important
2: yeah very important information and it's good that it's getting out to the masses so I'm going to go ahead and uh, switch sound over and play that for you
1: all right queuing up
3: EVA VLARDINGERBROOK IS A DUTCH LEGAL PHILOSOPHER. SHE JOINS US TONIGHT <coughs> from OVERSEAS. EVA, THANKS SO MUCH FOR COMING ON. SO YOU'RE GETTING THE SENSE IN THE UNITED STATES THAT EVERYONE'S IN FAVOR OF vax MANDATES AND THEN YOU SEE COVERAGE LIKE THAT AND YOU REALIZE THERE'S A GLOBAL MOVEMENT AGAINST IT. IS THAT FAIR TO SAY?
4: ABSOLUTELY. THERE IS A MASSIVE MOVEMENT GOING ON IN EUROPE RIGHT NOW OF TONS OF PEOPLE, HUNDREDS OF THOUSANDS, MILLIONS OF PEOPLE ACTUALLY WHO ARE VERY MUCH AWARE OF WHAT'S AT STAKE HERE. THESE PEOPLE ARE AWARE OF THE FACT THAT OUR CONSTITUTIONAL RIGHTS ARE BEING SET ASIDE WITHOUT AN END DATE AND THAT WE'RE HEADING TOWARDS A NEW SYSTEM, A tyrannical REGIME OF MASS SURVEILLANCE AND CONTROL. AND THIS IS NOT JUST A HUNT. (coughs) THIS IS ALL PART OF A BIGGER PLAN. THIS IS SOMETHING PEOPLE WHO ARE WATCHING RIGHT NOW CAN ACTUALLY GO AND LOOK UP. Um, WHAT'S VERY IMPORTANT FOR THE AMERICAN AUDIENCE TO KNOW IS THAT WE'VE HAD THIS DIGITAL COVID PASS IN PLACE IN EUROPE which is basically like a QR code on your phone that grants you access to everyday life, like to bars, restaurants, et cetera. It's completely bind to your VAX status. And this is all part of a European project issued by the European Commission that is basically surrounded around this idea of a European digital identity. So this will not stay just linked to your vaccination status. This will encompass taxes. This will encompass your medical records apart from your vaccination status, your bank information. So basically, we already have a system in place right now that is very close, or at least reminds us of the beginning phases of a social credit system. We are literally turning into China.
3: If this were linked to digital currency and presumably paper currencies on the way out, THEN THE AVERAGE PERSON WOULD BE UTTERLY CONTROLLED BY THE GOVERNMENT. THE GOVERNMENT COULD JUST TURN OFF YOUR ABILITY TO BUY ANYTHING, YOUR ABILITY TO GO ANYWHERE. I MEAN, AT THAT POINT, YOU REALLY ARE A SLAVE TO A SUPPOSEDLY DEMOCRATIC GOVERNMENT, ARE YOU NOT?
4: THAT'S EXACTLY RIGHT. THAT'S EXACTLY WHAT THEY'RE PLANNING TO DO. AND THIS AGENDA IS SUPPOSED TO BE LAID OUT BY 2030. So that's what we're heading towards. So you see all these people going out in the streets, it's because they know that this is what's going on. And I think that it's all going to be dependent on whether they'll be able to roll this agenda out, whether Austria is going to enforce (coughs) compulsory, mandatory vaccinations on a nationwide level. So the parliament in Austria, another country in Europe is debating about this or voting on this, I should say on Thursday, uh, which will mean that in Austria from February onwards, uh, vaccination for COVID will be mandatory for every citizen over the age of 18. If you don't get vaccinated, you will be having to pay massive fines up to 15,000 euros a year, which, you know, basically your existence as an unvaccinated person will become illegal. So everybody will have this digital COVID pass. And I got to say, Tucker, it would not be the first time in European history that tyranny is born in Austria. So what will happen on Thursday in Austria is going to be a landmark case that will determine basically whether Europe is going to be part of the free West for much longer. And, um, well, it looks like the law will pass. So it looks like we're basically headed towards an end station that that literally is tyranny. And it's absolutely crucial that we fight this now, that we put pressure on our governments and that we walk together for this fight of our freedom, of our future, because... um, I have to say, you in America, you might be next.
3: I don't think there's any question. And unfortunately, our main weakness is our ignorance of the rest of the world. I, mean, I speak to <clears> myself as <throat> well. Most Americans have no idea what's happening in the rest of the world, and we should know because it's our future. And I appreciate you bringing that to us tonight. Eva Vardinger book, thank you so much.
1: And as everyone knows, it already is happening in America. I mean, this is, this is their main goal. I know Ed is switching over the. Uh, i here audio. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's really important. I mean, we've all been talking about this and reporting on this for a while, but when it finally, you know, starts getting talked about in mainstream news, that's key. Um, so I was happy to see that. I mean, not happy about the information, obviously, but it, it is what it is. That's where we're at and why it's so important to fight, to shut the jabs down, to shut the vaccine id passports down to shut down all forms of digital identity and biometrics and crap that are going on in order to get us into the system where they can fully control us
2: so important so important that it's this information is getting out to the masses and it's being talked about on um shows like tucker's because he does have a you know millions of viewers um, to make them aware of this. I mean, of course, uh, for, for most of the people listening to our podcast are like, yeah, we, we've been talking about this for two years. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> right. but the whole point is, is that we've got to get those people that just really are, you know, oblivious, uh,
1: yes.
2: o- oblivious yes. to be, become aware of it. And so I think we're making some major headway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so the, you know, this, so this one here that you have up the U S smart smart health card. Okay. This is one that I covered in my four part digital identity series. Um, And this, this is already rolled out. If you scroll down um, let's see, I don't even have it pulled up over here. So it's already in three, four, five, 10, 13 States uh, plus Canada and the Cayman Islands. And if you can, it's got nationwide pharmacies, CVS, Rite Aid, Walmart, Walgreens. And then if you go under all users, 427. So all these various healthcare facilities and um, systems are already using this smart health card. And I know that we're not nearly as far along as some countries with this. A lot of people um, want nothing to do with these, these apps, but... They're doing everything they can to try and force our hands. And so in some states, legislation is passed that you cannot, you know, it's, you cannot make it mandatory to provide proof of the jab. Uh, but I just wanted people to be aware of how far along, how quickly they're trying to uh, push this. So that's not a good one. Um, and then we have, let's see, what do you got up next? Oh,
2: um face masks yeah.
1: yeah so sarah westall had just recently published this and this is really important with the face masks with children we've got um gosh i really should have gone into the irs one next that's all right we'll swing back oh we can that.
2: do that you want to switch over
1: yeah yeah just because it's again with the facial recognition right so right like i said in the digital identity series um, I was breaking down all the different ways they were coming at this. Um, they already have so much of our information from database collections throughout the years, constant surveillance. Um, now they just need to fully integrate and pull that all together. And so one of the things I mentioned in my report was the IDME, which is already in like 27 States and it's through, you know, the, the DMVs. And if you want, um, so, so you can scan your driver's license and government-issued IDs. Um, if you want to get benefits, government benefits, you have to have the ID.me. And so now, now Zero Hedge just reported that the IRS is getting on board with this. So they announced that by summer 2022, the only way to log into irs.gov will be through ID.me. And this is, this is, I mean, not that I ever care to log into irs.gov, but for people who uh, receive any kind of benefits, um, gosh, I'm sure. Account- I remember
2: last year, I was like, my um, return was, it took forever. Like they were logged. They were just so backlogged. Oh, COVID. Yeah, that was it it wasn't anything like I was on a list or something, but it took forever for me to get my return. And I had to go to the IRS website to, you know, find yeah. out where the heck is my return.
1: Yeah. Right. So, right. Hmm. so. What he did is there's, uh, he, someone went through this whole process just to see how long it took hours to go through the process, upload all the documents. Um, And so, you know, we'll link the article underneath, but you can see the, from the screenshots, um, that they have to, you know, upload, there's like photo IDs and just all kinds of information that they're gathering. And of course we see, you know, health insurance card, birth certificate, passport, W-2 form, yada, yada, yada. So this is yet another way where they're gonna tie the IRS in, Of course, banking—that's that's that's the end game. We want the banks tied in, and we want the IRS hooked into the banks, and this one unified system where they can control control everything, your access, and and uh, you know. And then we have the biometrics rolling out in the airports. There's tons of stuff on the biometrics. I have in part four of my series, and I don't I don't remember. Did I mention? in the podcast last week, that that's actually going to print in a couple weeks. So at some point in February, I'm going to have that in paperback book, the four part series. So I'll have that available um, in my, my bookshop because uh, it's just such critical information that really needs to get out there um, to show all the different ways they're coming at this so people can be aware, so people don't comply, so people strategize properly, um, set up alternative systems, you know, right for us, but I mean, it's, we're giving them the battle of their lives. Uh, there's so much fight going on against this. And I, you know, I do have hope I'm, I'm definitely, some things are going to change. There's, there's no avoiding that. Um, but I, I do have hope that we're gaining more traction here.
2: Yeah, I think we are gaining some more traction. I think the COVID narrative is dying off. People are waking up to the lies, the manipulation, the mass formation. However you want to look at it, and um, you see even um, governments and you know health ministries backing off, even in, you know uh, in our own country um, and backtracking on on things. Um, I, I think we're definitely making some headway there, but I don't think the battle's over. Obviously, they still have this end game. Um, so I expect them to try to pull more tricks, more, uh, apply more pressure in other areas. Like, for example, um, we have here with the IRS, you know, wanting much more data from us just to be able to uh, find out where your tax return is.
1: Just to log into their site. Right.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm yeah yeah
1: so all right so back to um sarah's piece um this was uh <sighs> this is just sad so face masks have caused a massive 364 percent spike in children with speech delays um it's just it's just awful and so there's a therapist from florida that is you know speaking out about this um According to ABC News affiliate Jacqueline Thieke, a clinic director and speech-language pathologist at the Speech and Learning Institute in North Palm Beach, stated that she had seen a 364% uptick in the total count of referrals for children with speech delays in 2021, implying that mask-wearing may very well be fueling unprecedented harm to healthy child development, because they need to be able to, for one, I can't even hear people. I'll sit there, I'll just... partly because I'm annoyed that I'm having to struggle to hear their muffled words. I'll just keep going, what, 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 until they pull their damn mask down so I can hear them with clarity. So imagine kids, you know, toddlers, even young ones in preschool trying to understand what adults are saying and they can't even see their lips or their expressions. Uh, That's that's got to be detrimental.
2: Oh, of course it is. It's absolute child abuse, what we've been doing, not we, but what as a society we've been doing with children with regard to masks over the past two years. And you think about those young children, particularly, who are in those, you know, very formative years where they need to see Um, And here, clearly, in order to develop those speech skills, how far back behind they are um, when they're forced to go to, say, daycares or schools that are requiring them, you know, eight, ten hours a day.
1: Right. Right. So they're saying that they're seeing a lot of things that look like autism. They're not making any word attempts and not communicating at all with their family. Um, It's, you know, it's very important that they're able to watch your mouth and and study your face. And so even though there's no peer-reviewed research yet proving that this is due to the masks, it's quite freaking obvious. um, There was a study out of Rhode Island in August 2021 that uncovered that kids conceived during the COVID-19 pandemic have substantially reduced perceptual capacity than their pre-pandemic equivalents. Across all measures, we found cognitive scores were significantly reduced during the pandemic by 27 to 37 points, or almost two full standard deviations. So, I mean, this is serious stuff. And, and man, parents... The, long,
0: the, the long-term effects of this is going to be detrimental as, I mean, you get the full understanding of it in about 10, 12 years when these okay. kids that were born during this time start going to high school and... You, you you'll see that the change then
1: right yeah. and even the you know the toddlers it's just it's just awful so it is
2: take the damn masks off keep yep. them off our kids
1: yep it's it's really serious you know it's i don't want to say it's as serious as the jabs but i mean it, it it's huge it and parents need to uh either pull their kids out or just get all the kids to uh, show up and not wear them, refuse to wear them.
2: I've seen protests by students. These were high school students and this was yeah. months ago who actually did walkouts based off of the the mandates, the mask mandates. Yeah. So um, they do have full when they um, work in numbers and they work together collectively. So uh, okay. yeah, keep, keep up the fight because I think that in a lot of the, these cases we are winning um, and people are becoming more aware and uh, when, when it comes to the kids, I mean, that is when you get the people really pissed off is when they start coming for the kids on these jabs and these masks. Right. All right. Yeah. So, um, speaker and I did a video this week talking about the, um, con- potential conflict in the Ukraine and uh, speaker, you want to kind of give a recap?
0: Uh, yeah, so this is a video that we did about the conflict that's going on at the moment. This c- conflict started back in 2013 between Russia and Ukraine after um, the Ukrainian government had a bit of a revolution, um, pro-Russian uh, uh, supporters pushed up from the South, and then it just come, it kind of became a shit show after this. Now, of course, the West want to start putting their hand into it. Uh, Ukraine is part of the Russian Federation. Um and what the West is trying to do here is, of course, try to push the Ukraine into NATO. Now, that would be a direct threat uh, to Russia. It's it. It's like the best way to explain it is is if China came and decided to meddle in the Tasmania's affairs off the coast of Australia. Um, yes, the Russians are not... Uh, kind of free from criticism Yeah, it's not pro-Russian as well there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of moving pieces in this but what we're seeing is a mirror from if you remember back in 2013-2014 Hillary Clinton beating the drums of war and I think there would have likely been an escalation if she was to get in as president I mean she was already saying that prior to that so it's kind of like it's gone full circle again now biden's using this to distract from his policies to distract from all this COVID's not having the effect that we've seen before in the past um some people not everyone but some people are kind of tuning out of COVID, right <laughs> so they need another a, a, another tactic
2: right to push the fear and the anxiety level back up amongst the people because you're right, COVID, the COVID narrative is waning off. There's less fear, I think, um, over it. And uh, it looks like they're looking for a new narrative to stoke fear. Um, and w- what we did through this video is we really went through a timeline of just recent events, starting with you know the CIA director William Burns meeting on the 12th with the pres- President Zelensky and top officials. And then this sort of narrative taking shape Um, We did talk about how this story came out about how Russia was going to be uh, conducting a false flag on their own troops. So but it all just seems very much and we go through it kind of step by step of recent events of how the U.S. intelligence has their hands all over this. And they're really shaping the um, uh, the narrative for the American public um, to try to get us, you know, I guess, stoke fear to also try to get us on board um, with whatever's going to be going down in in the Ukraine. But whatever the case, the the U.S. intelligence seems to be all over this. And you're right, it's not just uh, Russia, Ukraine, NATO issue. Um, It's really much more than that. Definitely, we talked about how uh, this is a a distraction from the Biden regime's failures. Um, And so, and then also um just after we published this video um so guys you can check this out on HiveMind. we'll leave a link in the description but on the same day that we published this video um biden gave a presser um which is rare for him and of course it was filled with gaffes um you know biden was bumbling through the entire press conference but when it came to the topic of ukraine he concede he said several statements that were just kind of jaw dropping he did concede that russia will be able to prevail over time and he thinks that russia actually will uh invade uh, but he did add that you know the co- what at what cost meaning that he was going to um you know have some severe uh sanctions he did try to start off by being really strong in his statement and then he backtracked by saying well, it's one thing if it's a minor incursion. And, um, you know, it kind of depends on what they do. So basically giving Russia the green light for a minor incursion. Mm. <laughs> and after that, it was like a frenzy by Jen Psaki, the White House, the State Department, everybody's scrambling to um, redo Biden's gaffe. And so, and even today, I saw uh, Kamala out doing her rounds, um, trying to make up for whatever Biden said during that presser. But I think the damage is done. I mean, um, the president of the Ukraine, Zelensky, came out, you know, and made his own statement that um, there really is no minor, uh, no thing, such thing as a minor incursion. So um, it's just... I think the bottom line here is that we have a weak, feckless, and corrupt president <laughs> who's going to do the bidding of pretty much everybody. Uh, other uh, other countries who've compromised him, and naturally, Russia, China, Iran, all of the worst actors are emboldened. But I don't. I'm not even putting it past um, you know this evil regime that we're under, the Biden regime, um, that they're using a, a Ukraine conflict. Um, to distract uh, from their failures and possibly to uh, stoke fear in the population as the, you know, the COVID narrative fear is waning. What do you guys think?
1: I concur. I, I haven't delved much into it, but that was my initial gut before um, even discussing this now. But I haven't dove into it. So, I, you know, I'm complete speculation.
2: Yeah, I think we just need to keep our eyes on Ukraine because it's everything from all angles, it looks like a push towards escalation rather than de-escalation at this point.
1: Here's the bottom line. If if they begin losing the narrative on COVID, which they have, um, even though some countries may be pushing back harder and doubling down, I think it's going to be an epic fail. They have to pivot, right? So they have to keep this going and they're, they're going to keep, you know, like the IRS thing joining with the whole ID me and you can no longer log it. They're going to keep pulling little things like this until they get us all into their. So those are the things we need to be paying attention to, or what are their other little moves here and there that aren't very well publicized, you know, to, to see how they're trying to do this and not let ourselves get too, caught up in the distractions
2: right and i think the other thing is is if this is a game of let's stoke fear and anxiety in the population so we can maintain and control our control then the name of the game is to not allow them to put you in that state of fear just look at all of these scenarios with um, open eyes and see them for what they are Mm -hmm. um without without having any fear and not making any kind of gut reaction of we you know in a way that that, that's going to drive us towards their end game whatever that is which
1: yeah like every what maybe every couple of months we get the new the cycle of we're going to run out of all food all all materials people are going to starve you got to stock up and i'm not saying people shouldn't stock up they should you should have a three to six month supply because who knows what these frickin people, we already know they're mess- intentionally messing with the supply chains and they're messing with our food security. But at the same time, that cycles around to induce fear. And so you just, you got to remain balanced and, and go, okay, what's realistic or let's go ahead and get that six months stocked up. So when these cycles come around, we don't even have to feed into it and we're not going to sit and and go into a frenzy and um, build up systems to where we don't have to worry about it. I do think there we're going to start seeing a bigger push against meat. I can see them opening the doors to, um, create some drama around that uh, especially since since meat is one of the items that's you know getting a little scarcer at at some stores I don't know about by you guys but in some areas I've been in recently um, I've seen like one day there was you know no chicken breasts available or no chicken thighs or stuff like that and I think that's an opportunity for them to take and try and pull some crap on the whole meat industry because you know, we know they want to take that over and replace it with fake ground, God knows what. Um, so so I, can see, I can see little doors opening where they're going to start trying to pull, push, push and pull little agendas here and there. I mean, not little, but you know incremental, we'll say, in incremental ways.
2: Right. And a conflict in you know, the Ukraine is a distraction from whatever it is that they're trying to pull here. Um, and so I think that you know it, it, it looks like um, the Biden regime and the U.S. intelligence community uh, may be actually stoking those flames uh, for their own benefit. And uh, so you just need to be aware of that and also be paying attention, as you mentioned, to the things that are happening here domestically. Because um, I think most, if you ask most Americans, they'd be like, I don't, we have so many problems here in America. Why are we getting involved in this, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would think that would be the general sentiment. So we just need to keep our eyes on also everything that's happening domestically as well. And not let us get distracted by these um, these fear mongers these warmongers who are trying to uh, get us involved in things complicated issues it's like freaking morons trying to play chess mm-hmm. with uh, with these you know um foreign countries that are uh powerful in their own right and just as as evil um and will um i, I just feel like you know The Biden regime is way over playing their hand. What do you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Are you working on anything for next week?
2: No, we really haven't talked about what we're going to be doing for next week. I mean, we're just kind of playing it by ear, week by week. But I think the speaker is going to go on vacation, so...
1: (laughs) <laughs> I hear you. I, I just wanted to let people know I, I got a little behind because I was on the road for a couple of days. But in the next uh, next couple of days here, I have a really cool homesteading piece with some great tips and an upcoming event people might be interested in. Um, so that I'm going to be publishing that in the next couple of days and then getting back to my part six of my nine part series. Awesome. Awesome. All right, so we're ending on a good note. What's the good note? Yeah,
2: so the good note, this week the Senate killed the Biden regime's attempt to federalize theft of our elections and to change the filibuster rules, and so this is a big win. I mean, they're absolutely desperate to pass this voting legislation, but Sinema and Manchin didn't budge on changing the filibuster rules, so another major loss for the failing Biden regime. And I know that you know people who have some skepticism. Obviously, they're not going to give up on this. They know they can't win legitimately. They have to try to steal it, and they need this kind of legislation to do that. So, of course, they're going to keep trying. Um, but you know, I and I can expect that we'll have to keep an eye on what they're they're going to do next because just like they snuck the uh, voting rights bill into a NASA bill in the House to try to get it passed through the House. It failed in the Senate, but um, they're going to continue to do the same kind of sneaky tricks, and so we just need to continue to be vigilant about this, but let's just take a win wherever we can, and this is a big win this week. Amen. Yeah. All right, guys, so um, check out the links in the description below, and uh, be sure to share this podcast. We are on digit, We are on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you back next time right here on Dig it.